Good evening, I'm Ted Koppel. Surely everyone knows by now that Buckwheat is dead. But for those of you who have not seen the videotape of Buckwheat being shot, let's take a look. What's your 20? Now this side of Mississippi. Whoa, hold it. I just passed another Kojak with a Kodak. This place a problem with bass. Where the hell are you? Come back. I'm still trying to get rid of that Texas County Mountie. I don't know what the hell he wants. You know what he wants. I mean, how would you like to be the dude that handcuffs a legend? <laughs> Listen, give me five minutes. We're going to put some moves on that mother. I'll meet you at Old Miss. Well, you better hurry. We can just kiss that money goodbye. You understand that? I'll read you loud and clear. 10-4. Hose down your boss today. Just memorize these words. You can take your job and shove it. Take this job and shove it. Starts next Friday at a theater near you. Check newspapers for showtimes. Ty Webb. Heavy Longmire. Gustav Mateblanc. Is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second? This is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Come on then, Plato. Enlighten me. Cranfield's got plenty. Man, we can start with some of the most recent ones if you want me to. However you want to. You know, when I made the call that we were recording, you could send your Twitter questions to us. Apparently, I opened up Pandora's box. Well, you can go with the ones that I see that have both of us linked on here, and then I can go to some of these ones that okay. are just so I'm going to try to go back as far as I can here. Let's see. This may be a very Cranfield-heavy episode without him ever actually being here. So this is Can You Hear Me, the podcast of uh, three guys, RIP heavy. It's just me and Ty tonight. And obviously it's you, our Twitter followers. That's all that really matters. That is all that really matters. Y'all are the most important listeners, so if you want to get up to that important listener status and you don't interact with us on Twitter right now, get to tweeting, kids. Come on now. I am Gustav Monteblanc. I'm Ty Webb. And you can find me on Twitter at RealGustav. I'm at TyWebb3000. And the ghost of Heavy Longmire is at Longmire Heavy. And we have a show Twitter account, which is not as active as our individual accounts, at Can You Hear Me Pod. And then if you'd like to email, which we will get to eventually, I promise. Yeah. You can email us at CanYouHearMePod at gmail.com. And all of our old episodes are on CanYouHearMePod.com. All right. So let's get down to brass tacks here. And we have a little Twitter AMA style. Twitter fun here. All right. Sorry, I've got a bunch of tweets in here about... Travis buying a Glock 380 that I have to sort through. All right. And I I don't think I, unless I remember wrong, I never bagged on Glocks. Yeah, I don't know where he got that. I don't own a Glock, but I don't have any problem with it. I have two, and while I'm a 1911 man by genetics, 
I have grown on the Glock. I still prefer, but I do really like that Glock 23. Uh, anyway. Okay. 22, 23. Whatever it takes. Oh, before I forget, I pulled into Taco Costa the other day to get some tacos. That's a good start. And the the folks at my Taco Casa, they're doing their best. I mean, they're working hard. You know, they're really trying. They're always friendly. They're, and yes, I want hot sauce. Yeah, I don't know why they even bother asking. But the guy made a two twenty two twenty one joke. Hey, and he's tip like, him? I well, just a tip, just the tip. And I, I carried on with him, and we had Mister Mom talk for thirty seconds, and hey. it really made his day. Scotch. Uh, it's a little early. <laughs> Seven thirty in the morning. Ernesto Bloom asks, "Why are super skinny chicks being pushed on still? We need more booty and boobs, damn it!" Well, unlike you, Gus, I'm not exclusionary when it comes to the skinny girl. I don't like to see the bones. Well, I mean, I don't like it, Karen Carpenter skinny. Ugh. But you I don't. Know. I don't want to count ribs. I don't want to see your scoliosis, and I don't want those uh, hip bone protrusions sticking out. Right. Okay. Okay. One J. Cranfield asks. Yes. Okay, hold on a second. I'm, I I got ahead of myself here. And TB, I don't think the world is ready for more crazy girlfriend stories just yet. Someday, maybe. All right. Cranfield asks, either of you guys ever walk off a job site and quit in the middle of a work day? Well, not technically, but that, which I think I've told the story before on a previous episode I did leave my job that time to go to my girlfriend's house at the lake, and then my dad showed up at right. the house. And so that was, I wasn't quitting, but I was leaving work without any notice in the Playing middle of the hooking. day. Yeah. That's as close as I've gotten to quitting a job without notice. I never have had a uh, take this job and shove it moment. Now, when we were working uh, in our youth, I did make a grown man so mad, and a grown man that was the sole provider for his family, so mad that he wanted to quit. I believe it. That was, I think uh, I half one, remember it. One. <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't oh the only one. Uh, our friend <laughs> who uh, is in the car lot business now, he was uh, <laughs> a major factor in that as well. But I certainly got, when our boss came Flying up in that old pickup with the left blinker on, I certainly got the ass chewing. Oh man, I would, I would definitely watch a reality TV show based on those summer we uh, had working that so job. Great. I, I look, I mean, we really did work hard most of the time, and we got asked to do some really shitty stuff at times. But those were such great days. Oh, the the only bad part about it was getting up in yeah. the mornings, but. Yeah. Otherwise, it was it was a good time. We started at seven, but and we it was on, harder on those of us that partied. Yeah, you didn't was, party. I know I didn't, but we got off at three and we'd go to the. Oh yeah, and start partying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good times. I good remember times. some of it. So sorry, Cranfield. We haven't ever done your fantasy. All right. Let's see. Then we got Cristobal says you may have already addressed it. Still working my way through the back catalog, but how about you fellas' first vehicles? Favorite vehicles you've owned? Any good breakdown stories? Whew. My first one was an S10 that I believe 
uh, cracked the engine block, and I did not have that very long, maybe a month. Yeah, my first was a uh, 74 short bed Chevy truck that didn't have power steering that almost broke both wrists on trying to parallel park for mm. my driver's test. That also I ran into the ground that it's it eventually got rebuilt because it was a family vehicle. It belonged right. to my grandfather. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't treat it too well. Yeah, I don't know if I really have any favorite vehicles. Uh, I mean, I've had this truck that I drive right now for 15 years. I had a back in the young and stupid fun days. I had an old Chevy Scottsdale type that had like big tires right. and everything that you could just. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. You could drive anywhere. That was a lot of fun. Was it, it you brown? Know, yeah. Yeah. And it had about, it got about eight miles to the gallon. It was very Fall Guy-esque. <laughs> it was very Fall Guy-esque. Yeah, I remember that truck. Yeah. Had a lot of good times in that now, truck. Heavy used to have uh, that old white truck. Yeah. That Ford full cab, uh, was it, it was a 250 or a 350? I think 250. Yeah, I think it was a 250. Well, then he had that black one that I named Midnight. Yeah, he, that had he drove that. forever. And then he had a, between that and that, he had a series of, uh, red Jeep Cherokees. <laughs> you could open up a door at any time and Budweiser cans Budweiser would fall out. Budweiser Copenhagen cans. <laughs> Yeah. A lot, did a lot of duck hunting back in those I spent, days. I think I spent more time driving around doing dumb shit in his vehicles than I did mine. Yeah. Because I, I didn't like him dipping in mine. And, nope. I, and I think I, I just had whatever cars my dad got from whatever his uh, car lot buddies were. You know, I, just, yeah. I drove whatever. I, I didn't... I wasn't the ladies' man back in those days. Well, you know. And I really didn't see that having any kind of specific car or truck was going to change those odds any so i didn't really worry about that i was too busy you know beating too busy (laughs) doing lazy stitch bead work out in the barn yeah i had a nice little white sports car for a while that i used to street race you remember that little white number i had was it a uh it was a nissan 300 zx zx yeah i guess yeah boy i yeah, I touted that thing up and down the drag a few times. I think we, I think we need more uh, 903 Fast and the Furious talk. <laughs> I met one of my serious long-term girlfriends in high school the racing that, that thing. The one that beat you? No, the one that the one that the one that was beating me was beating me over. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, there. Th- that kind of addresses. Uh, Trav is a call for more crazy girlfriend yeah, stories. Yeah, there you go. I met her street racing. How about that, TV? Uh, I don't have any really good breakdown stories, although when I packed up all my stuff and headed out to Lubbock to go to Tech my freshman year, I started having uh, gas flow issues somewhere around maybe Seymour. Okay. Or maybe somewhere out there where Not there was the best nothing. of places to break down. And I, I wasn't broken down per se wagon must have lost a wheel exactly i couldn't go more than about 35 miles an hour (laughs) and this is back in the day when the speed limit was 55 but still i was still a long way from lubbock and i limped into the whatever town it was and just stopped at a gas station really my first time ever to be 
off by myself. Cause yeah. usually, I mean, I'd run around all over Southern Oklahoma and North Texas with heavy, but we were together, right. you know, or with the Polynesian and something went down. We had each other to, you know, at least, and this, I was by myself and, you know, they like, well, well, we'll get a fuel pump. I think that's what it is. Or not a fuel pump, a fuel filter. Oh yeah. So it wasn't that bad. Right. And, you know, I had to wait sitting there in Seymour for a couple hours. I called my parents on my, on the pay phone and was lucky to actually get a hold of my mom and say, well, this is what's going on. I'll be a few hours longer. That was about the extent of it. But I think back now, once my kids start driving, now they'll have cell phones and stuff, but I need to, you know, kind of convey this is what you do type thing. Instead right. of just expecting somebody to come swooping in to solve the day. I think my most eventful breakdown, and I think I've told this a little bit of the story before, was when I was a kid and I was with my mom and we broke down and had to hitchhike. Right. And my mom had, she carried a handgun in her purse like all good 903 moms would. And we got a ride from a really sketchy looking fellow. And this was out in the middle of nowhere. Of right. course, no cell phone or anything like that back then. And, I just remember her having her hand on that gun in the purse the whole time. We were riding to the closest, you know, gas stop, which was in the middle of nowhere. And I don't even remember what was the matter with the car at that point, but it was for about an eight year old, it was pretty eventful ride. Yeah. That's a, that's a tense situation there. But yeah, I do remember you uh, describing that in the past. The other, which is not a breakdown, but. You know, to harken back to episode two, most eventful car moment was right. being, you know, locked, locked out of out. my car on that date. Boy, there was nothing. I, I There was some time I got locked out and had to call a locksmith. And I, I know it was around college, didn't have much money. I was like, golly, this costs a lot. Yeah. But I, I was, I think it was out when I was in Lubbock, maybe. You know, there wasn't any. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? There was nobody coming to, you know, if there was a spare key back home nobody's gonna drive six or seven hours to to bring me the key so I was like well i remember one time in college i was uh woke up running late for class half hung over jumped in the car trying to get to campus I, I was living off campus at the time and i think this is the only time this has ever happened to me that i can remember where i ran out of gas uh, that has never happened to me. It's the only time it happened, and it was just because I was just trying to make it. I didn't have time to stop, and I was just trying to make it to class. Right. And my car ran out of gas about half a mile from oh, campus. That's rough. And it was on this main road where everybody drove into to go into campus. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm sitting there, you know, out of gas, and all my dumbass buddies are driving by, you know, instead of stopping to see what's up, just flipping me the bird right, and yelling out, yeah, at you. yelling out the window. That was nice. Yeah, I think the uh, not to be sexist, but I think the female is much more. Oh, they'll push it to the limit. Apt to run out of gas to the limit i'm the, some uh, even have gas services yes now. yeah some folks don't even pump their own gas they have high dollar gas service come to their office where they don't do a whole lot of work to begin with obviously based i would on say their snapchats none is closer and they get their gas tank fueled up without ever actually seeing the person that even fuels it. I want to see the bottom line at that company with all the hijinks that go on up there. Well, I don't even know what they do. I tell you what they do. Nothing. Not a damn thing. They jack around. Golly. All right. One 
Jay Cranfield asks, if the Beatles were alive again, now, Cranfield, two of the Beatles still are alive, and they played one last show, and there was no limits on the number of people who could attend, do more than a million people show up? Also, would they suck now as bad as they did back then? Okay, first of all, we're not going to fall for that troll, but I will say... I think I'm a Stones over Beatles guy. Uh, I know I'm a Stones over Beatles guy, especially after our exhaustive treatment of the Stones. Which led to this podcast. That led to this podcast. You're welcome, folks. Um, but I think I think there's no doubt they'd draw over a million people. Sure. And I think the amount of people they would draw would be somewhat dependent on where it was held. And what the price point is. Right. But, I mean, if it was held – I mean, don't you think if it was held – Across the pond, it would be even bigger draw than here. I don't know. I think I guess price point would make a difference even in that. I but think sheer volume. Uh, yeah, I mean if they're going to draw a million no matter yeah, what. Easy, and I guess in England they probably would. I, I just don't know how much at this point in the stage of things. How popular are they in Britain? Still, I don't have a sense of that. Yeah, I don't know because you know Britain their radio. It, is just like their TV is primarily BBC operated. Yeah. Now there are other stations just like there are other TV stations now, but it's still mostly BBC. So I don't know for the youth, how much exposure there is to the Beatles. Whereas like we, even though we were 20 years past them breaking up, we heard it on, uh, Q102 and all those other stations, the zoo, the zoo, and then KZPS after the zoo died. So we got exposed a lot to that. I'm not going to address his trolling. The Beatles aren't for everybody. The Stones are better. So take that. But I mean, even if, if John Lennon came back to life and did a concert by himself, he'd draw a million. Look, if he comes back to life, absolutely. I mean, that alone is a pretty good feather in that, the cap. That's, that's showing something. Now, if he has Yoko with him, it's going to drop down to about 200000 That's, that's going to cut it in half that's at gonna, least. It's going to be rough. Well, if Yoko comes back to life. All right. Our uh, buddy Bo out there in New Mexico says... Give me some of those Christmas enchiladas. Now, talking about going and living where you want to live a couple episodes back, Bo is from the Metroplex. Yeah. But now he is in the New Mexico mountains. So another place that I'm extremely fond of, but it is cold. I do love the landscape out there, though. I love it. You know, I live around Taos and Santa Fe, especially around Taos and up there oh. uh, around Las Vegas in New Mexico. I love the smell of Taos in the morning. Yeah. Do you boys carry a knife? Classic folding old timer or a vintage locking buck? Or do you prefer a tactical folder for those moments when you need to cut a zip tie, but use an American amphibious assault weapon that fits in any jean pocket? I love an, a good old timer. I've got several of them. Um but I think even more than old timer, I've got more case. Okay. And case is my go-to carry. It's not the, the old, the old timer. Well, no, I guess it was a case. There was an old timer that I used to carry for a long time. And then I went to a case. And then more recently, I'm carrying this case that my dad got for me. That's a, uh, Bodart. Uh huh. It was like a limited edition right. thing. It's a little bit bigger than a carry knife that I like to carry, but I carry it kind of for sentimental right. reasons. But. I think Case has probably been my more go-to pocket knife. But, yeah, everybody should carry a pocket knife. My grandfather, Montblanc, was a Case man and collected Cases my entire life. And 
so I'm naturally biased towards that because that's what he always bought for me when I was a kid. Well, my granddad's feed and fertilizer sure. store, they sold cases yeah, up there. The so display, that's when I got you know, into them. The great yeah. display where they fit in the, oh, you know, yeah. the spot. Yeah. The big ones you just thought I could never afford that. Right. Um, but because I am a Monteblanc and I do have a tendency to break things. It happens. Or lose them. Uh, I carry case Sodbuster Juniors. It's a good choice. I, I used to carry a Sodbuster full size, but that is a big knife. But I choose now the Sodbuster Junior with the yellow handle. Yeah. Because I'm less apt to set it down and not be able to find it. I, I got no problem with the yellow handle. I like the look of it. I've seen other, I have some other color handle ones that he bought me. I think I've got a, um, I've got some wood handle ones and some uh, green and maybe a blue one and some other type things. I just like the Sodbuster. It's not the best knife in the world, but for what I do and what I end up doing with it and its price point, I mean, there's still only about $25. Yeah, and that's a good deal on that knife. Um, it's a single blade. I don't need multiple blades. It does what it does. Now, I do carry at times, depending also what I'm doing. Um, I like a nice, just basic Swiss Army knife, too. Yeah. Uh, again, that's not the best knife in the world, but especially if I'm backpacking or just camping with the kids or something, it's nice to be able to have that. But also like a Leatherman, too. Well, when I think Leatherman, I think Heavy Longmire. Yeah. That that man has carried a Leatherman throughout most of his life. So, you know, uh, but yes, I don't always carry every day especially if I'm actually doing my real job and I'm traveling because well, yeah, I can't carry one in my real job, but in my non work time, yes, I typically do carry and it's usually a sod buster junior. It's a good knife, but I, I, I encourage everyone to carry a knife. Just, it's a, you just need it. Well, you won't realize how much you needed it till you start carrying one. No, you're that's, Dead on correct. You don't think about it. It's it's like that girlfriend that broke up with you that drives that eclipse that every time you drive through town now, all you see is eclipses. Yep. That's Sticks how it with, goes. Stays with you. Eclipse. Let's see here. All right. Josh, our gym teacher buddy, says, rank the movies of the 70s and 80s that featured CB radios. <laughs> I mean, I think... Top of the list has to be Smoking the Bandit. It has to be the absolute top. <laughs> I mean, now, we start there and just work our way down. Below it, Convoy has to come into play. Yeah, and if we're talking TV shows, we got to throw BJ and the Bear. It has to be BJ and the Bear. Well, and Dukes of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard. TV shows. Shepherd the Lost Sheep. Um, I'm more interested in Bo Peep. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Um, Chips, obviously, is using a, a radio. Chips is big. Um, I didn't watch it, but did they use CBs on Taxi? Yeah, probably, but Taxi is never in the car, or at least I don't ever remember. Mm. It's all centered in the, you know, typically it's centered in the shop there, the garage, not the actual car. There might be some. I can think of more CB TV shows than movies. Now, there, yeah, and there were other, there were some short-lived things that were trying to cash in on the on TV, there was another Claude Aikens vehicle before BJ and the Bear, I think called Moving On. Okay. Where he's a trucker with a 
buddy that they get into, you know, adventures. Um, now, Convoy, which is not a good movie, that's actually directed by Sam Peckinpah. Really? Yeah, with uh, Chris Christopherson and Allie McGraw. But it's Allie McGraw with the perm, Ooh. which is the worst Allie McGraw. No, I love Allie McGraw, but no. Like You take like Getaway Allie McGraw, she's great. And then she's got that damn perm. I don't know what the hell was going on. Women, don't perm. I don't know if they had a, I don't remember, I don't remember CB being involved, but just thinking about big trucks from BJ and the Bear, the greatness of the movie Duel. Yes. Oh. Steven Spielberg. So good. I need to revisit. I haven't seen that in forever, but no, I, that, is a, that one stuck with me. That's a damn good movie. Um, you know, BJ and the Bear going back to Stan Man's question a while back, he sang that theme song. Who? Greg Evigan. Really? Yeah. Well, I did not remember that. I didn't remember that the uh, one of the Landry sisters was in that also. Really? Yeah. I don't remember that. I, that's a show I know I watched and Sheriff Lobo and was all that. Was Tom in it? No, no, not Tom. Audrey. Oh, no, just say Landry. Landers. Sorry. Okay. Like you know, Ann. Yeah. Was like, Ann in it? No, the hot ones. Uh, oh, the Audrey singers. Audrey and... Uh, the blonde. The blonde, With yeah. the big eyes and the, the curly big hair. The eyes, yeah. Everybody acted like was hot. And they were hot, but they were 80s hot. Yeah. They were Dynasty hot. Pre-Dynasty hot. Did you ever watch Dynasty? Oh, yeah. See, I didn't ever watch Boy, it. Boy, give me some Blake Carrington. Brother. What about the spinoffs of... Uh, Falcon Crest? No, not a spinoff. That was an independent... But that was, was great. On, Falcon Crest was great with Jane Wyman, the first Mrs. Ronald Reagan. That's right. And Lorenzo Lamas, the third Mrs. Reagan. A lot of people don't know that. The Colbys was a spinoff with oh, Charlton yeah, Heston. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Colbys. Yeah, that was good. The um, Speaking of Dynasty, Stars right now, and I hope they still have it when this finally airs. The movie Bitch? No, they have, but thank you for knowing that. They have The Trouble with Harry with John Forsyth, which was an Alfred Hitchcock movie, yeah. which is my absolute favorite Hitchcock movie. And that says a lot because I love Vertigo and I love Rear Window and I love the man who loved too, knew too much. But did you see Dial in for Murder? Yes, and I saw Rope and all these. Those are different movies. Mm. Trouble with Harry. And I don't think you've ever seen it. I don't think so. And I've I've seen a lot of Hitchcock movies, but I don't think I've seen that. It's one. a Hitchcock comedy of errors. Hmm. Was it later? No, it's early. It's oh. about probably late fifties. I don't know how I missed that one. Sh- young Shirley MacLaine. I'm in. Young Jerry Mathers. Okay. Um, John Forsythe. And what was the guy that was the, I can't even think right now. He was the Santa Claus and Miracle on 34th Street. Burl Ives? Not Burl Ives, <laughs> but he's shorter and kind of looks that way. Anyway, there's a dead body in the woods and wackiness ensues. Okay. And it's shot, I think, almost entirely in New England, as the leaves are changing, it's just beautiful. The colors are just, they pop. I love that movie. I think and, Rear Window is still my favorite, but there's so many good ones. Vertigo is is, is up there, too. North by Northwest, North by Northwest is really is good. So good. I'm, I'm partial to Rear Window in part because I still say that Grace Kelly in that movie is as beautiful as any woman She's has ever gorgeous. Looked. There's no doubt. She's perfect in that movie. She's absolutely gorgeous. And and you've got the added bonus of Ironside. Yes. Yeah. Oh, 
I didn't put two and two together till just the other day because they've got all these right now on stars. They have all these Hitchcock movies and I'm trying to go through them all. Yeah. And I was, I don't know why it's just cause I love it so much. I was going back to vertigo because vertigo is San Francisco that I wish still existed. And I'm watching it and, um, I can't remember her name, but she's the designer that Jimmy Stewart is friends with. Dixie Carter? No, it's not Dixie Carter, but the actress that plays the character is Miss Sue Ellen from Dallas. Oh. As a young, and you don't even recognize her. Linda Gray? No, not Linda Gray. Did I say Sue Ellen? Uh, Miss Ellie. Oh. Yeah, oh. sorry. I'm not Sue Ellen. Okay. Because yes, Linda Gray. No, Linda Gray you'd recognize, <laughs> but you don't even recognize it. And then huh. when you know it, you're like, okay. Is that's Jock she, in it too? No, but how how awesome was Jock? Oh, who did not want to be Jock? Jock Ewing. That's a badass that name. That is a badass name. I, I, I wish I could remember more movies, but there's definitely Smoking the Bandit has to be the top. has to be number one. All right. Apparently, Cranfield's not happy about having kids. <clears throat> okay. About something like that. Chuck Nelson wants us to do live on Facebook or Periscope. Nobody so wants we can to see, see us, Chuck. in action, but that's never happening. Nobody wants to watch us. Uh, Nobody wants to listen to us, much less watch us. Brad Gilbert has some Olympics questions. The tennis player? I don't know. Apparently, it's Brad Gilbert the first. Okay. So you, you figure it out. Are there any events worth watching during the Winter Olympics? And then a follow-up is... What sports slash events would you add? What would be 903 Olympics look like consist of? I think one of the events for the 903 Olympics has to be the sliding on a hood behind a four-wheeler on ice or snow. Absolutely. Yeah. and Or you know, inner tubing through the streets being pulled by a four-wheeler. Right. Yeah, it definitely involves a four-wheeler and a rope of questionable tensile strength. Tied with a half-ass knot. Yeah, uh, just a knot that's basically a bunch of overhand knots tied right on top of each other. Getting a lot of slack, turning a corner. Oh, yeah, and getting that whip. Yeah, you know, we had that, um, the field on the north part of our place was usually, you know, in the winter, there might have been winter wheat planted, but if we got a snow, it would just be packed down. And yeah, we'd get out there with the four wheel four wheeler behind that and give it hell, which was fine until you hit one of the terraces. Then you might oh. get some air. Well, you remember our good buddy broke his leg in half. Yeah, I was about to go to that behind a four wheeler on a. Was that a compound fracture? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. He had to have a hardware he had a telephone pole. Yeah, he had to have hardware put in it to Oof. put it back together. And I think he was being pulled on a tube, right? Tube behind a four wheeler. I might might be. It was in town. Yeah, it was in town. It was on a city street because he hit a yeah. telephone pole. You know, you would also see uh, people pull, you know, like you said, car hoods or old truck hoods. We did that, yeah. But you would also see the, you know, those uh, plastic little kid sandboxes with yeah. the shape of a, a a turtle. You would get that turtle shell. You'd we, see that on, and a, get out there. on a couple of occasions, did a uh, a ski Slalom style. No. A water ski. No shit. <laughs> that that did not go well. I can't imagine that did. It, it didn't last long. Golly. On ice. You know, we, again, since we never really, we had super hard winters when we were little, around 
kindergarten. You remember those? Yeah. But then, Super Hard Summers, a couple of those, oh, yeah, too. Same years, yeah. But then it was pretty lax up until we were on junior high. Then we had a couple of hard winters, and then we didn't have a whole lot. Now, we did have that buddy whose brother uh, died going oh, out yeah. on the ice. Yeah, that was terrible. We didn't really... We weren't a winter world. I don't think the 903 really lends itself other than what you described with the... Well, we had that huge snow that year that we were out of college, that when I was living up there yes. with the boys, yeah. that we had that big barn party. Right. That's one of the biggest I snows that. I can remember. Because Heavy was there. Yeah. No, I had to work, so I, was, I missed that. Yeah. I think that might have been the biggest snow we've ever had. No, I, mean, I think was, you're right. I think I, I think I had to stay overnight where I was working because they didn't think anybody else would come in. We had a pretty big snow, one of the biggest snows in 903 history about five years ago. Yeah, it crumpled my carport. Yeah, that around 2012, 2013, we had yeah. a couple of years straight of big snows. And I know that some schools stayed closed for weeks. Couldn't get the pilot light lit. Yeah, that's always they didn't know know what they'd done with it. R.I.P. They, C- they, CB Radio they movies. Could, <laughs> they, could, they couldn't find that long uh, the long matches. Remember those? Oh old yeah, fireplaces. They'd be able to <laughs> stick them in that little container beside the fireplace. I'm always like, are you not worried about me throwing this whole thing in there to see what would happen? <laughs> oh, All right, keep squirting on the lighter fluid. I'm afraid I'm just not an Olympics type person. No, I mean, I get the allure of it back when you only had three TV channels and not sports 24 seven. I'll watch it if it's on, but I'm not going out of my way to watch Uh, it. I bet I hadn't seen any Olympic event in probably a good 10 years, maybe. I am fascinated with that ski jump. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, there's stuff, I mean, you know, it's, if I was there and saw something, I would like, oh, that's pretty neat, like losing or bobsled. But once they started in with all this X game bullshit included, it got a little yeah. wonky for me. It's just, just give me the old stuff. It's just not a thing that I really, uh, really get into there. All right, let's see. Ginsburg asked, "How does space work?" Damn troll. <laughs> space is blind. Uh, Valley Butcher, longtime friend of the show, asks, I'm curious about the extent of your outdoorsman slash survivorman confidence, i.e. fire and shelter building, celestial navigation, food gathering, urine drinking, etc. Well, I think, I mean, I enjoy the outdoors, but I'm not near the survivalist that I, I think that rank goes you heavy than me. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think... I'm a little more, I've tried more things than maybe Heavy has as far as bushcraft, you know, like trying to start stuff. And like, I was the one that taught Heavy how to start fire with flint and steel and things like that. So I think I have a little bit of edge. Now, he's a better hunter than I am. And both of y'all. I could hold my own on that. And both of y'all are better fishermen than I am. I mean, I can fish and I've. We'd make a good survival team. Yeah. And, like, you know, it'd be an interesting TV show to watch. The S team. Yeah. The yeah. shit butt team. Let's do that. But yeah, I think, uh, y'all are better at that. Now, I've done more hide work and stuff. So 
you know, I don't know. We would, I think together we would be pretty awesome and it'd be fun to watch. I don't think there's an outdoors that could hold us. Not one except the desert and then we'd all die. Yeah. Or the cold and we'd all freeze to death. Yeah, I'm not big on that. Cranfield asks, if you had to give up Dr. Pepper or access to all doctors for six months, which one would you choose? Well, I mean, I'm a big Dr. Pepper fan and I never go to the doctor. So that's pretty easy. Yeah. I really only need the doctor if I get the kidney stone flare up. So let's see. I've been about five months since that. I finally shot that one out and it felt like I was jizzing a rock. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that description. And I think... I think we all know Heavy's take on home remedies. Yeah. So I guess we're giving up the doctor for six months. All right. I think the rest of them went to you after you subtweeted me. Uh, let's see if there's... <laughs> uh, Sensei Thunderfist MD. <laughs> Speaking of doctors. <laughs> Pops in with, do you think you're more likely to wake up in a tub of ice missing a kidney from using Farmers Only or Match? Man, I find that whole Farmers Only thing fascinating. Well, you know, Tell has run into uh, people that have used it. I just wonder what the percentage of people that are on there as a troll versus genuine. You know, there are... It's one of those things that I don't, and going back to our dating app talk a while back, you know, there are people that, especially city folk that want that, you know, country life, you know, (laughs) all uh, green acres. Do they want the country life or do they want the depiction of country life? They want the depiction of country life. You know, I mean, it's, it's more like what uh, Eva Gabor got (laughs) there in Hooterville than what's real. I mean, it's going to be Travis breaking shit, but Hillary, you know, Hill knew what she was getting. Yeah, a lot. Uh, yeah, I, I have a friend that got me. You know, she's probably listening. She, I think she met her now husband on Match.com, so I think she's still got both her kidneys from it. Well, I don't know. I, while there's no doubt there are some sinister farmers out there. <laughs> That's a, that's a, and that's an important subset of our audience. <laughs> it's a good 5.7% of our audience. Um, I think you're probably going to have more sinister folks in the urban environment. What's your take? I mean, I know that, you know, there's definitely some, some sinister shit going off out in the, yeah, in the there's boondocks. some country crazy for sure. I think it's just a different kind of crazy. Yeah. I'm thinking that your urban crazy is more apt to be online. Right. Yeah. Versus yeah, I think your... you're more likely to stumble on to country crazy. Yes. Yeah, I think that's right. So I'm I'm thinking maybe Match.com. But I, I would love to hear more farmers-only stories. Cause... But given the meth prevalence in the rural community, you're really up in your crazy meter at that point did i ever tell the story about seeing the giant sign that somebody had made to try to tip off the cops that somebody was selling meth near them Uh -uh. so i was driving through oklahoma one time and i see this giant sheet of plywood hammered up on a fence row with hand painted big block letters meth with an arrow pointing down the side road (laughs) (laughs) 
See, they weren't advertising I meth don't for think sale. It was advertising. I think they were trying to say, "Hey, you dumbass deputies, that's where the meth's at." Right. Instead of just waiting to watch for a place that blows right. up. So I heard from somebody else, like, "Hey, did you see that meth sign?" I'm like, yeah, I saw that, but I, you know, I didn't tell you. And like, well, I, I flagged down the deputies and said, "Hey, have you seen this?" And they're like, "Yeah, that's great." I got to go back and get my camera. This back four camera phones. <laughs> Not we're going to do anything about no, this. No, they were. They just wanted the photo. So anyway, yeah, I agree. Meth certainly has been a game changer for your Boy. your rural uh, oddities. If there's any sound advice for the kids out there, stay away from the meth. I may have told about it, but when I was uh, taking some classes one time at a generic. Uh, at a local community college, <laughs> the uh, building I was in was not on the main part of the campus. It was off a ways away on a little, little adjunct adjunct area <laughs> that happened to be basically in the middle of nowhere. It's being held in a trailer with nothing around it. Now the buildings were legit okay. that it was in, but it was also surrounded what by portable? abandoned buildings. Okay, I mean it was very. Uh, post-apocalypse where this place was <laughs> and the building was the absolute farthest part of this adjunct area of this campus there's crows sitting on top of yeah, it when you pull yeah, up it looked like the stand okay <laughs> and the class i was in only had three students <laughs> i was all of which had previously taken the class so, no no <laughs> I was the youngest by a good 20 years. Okay. This is when I was very young. And the other two gentlemen were trying to make a change in their life, changing careers. And learning a trade, so to say. And one of them, over the course of the semester, developed a little bit of a meth habit. (laughs) Dabbling, if you will. Now, he was a a thin gentleman to begin with. Oh, but he just kept getting thinner. He was headed towards Skeletor phase. And one day, I'll go ahead and say his name, Ed. Okay. Ed stopped showing up. <laughs> and we were like... Was he also a janitor at a no, local high school? No, he was not that guy. <laughs> but I have a different story about him for you, too, off air. Um, so one day, Ed stopped showing up. And we don't see Ed for a couple of weeks. And obviously, when 33% of the class is gone... <laughs> You're, you've hardly got enough to make your class. It, it it actually, it's noticed. Now, I eventually had a class. Actually, I guess I've had two classes now that it ended up being just two students by the end of the class. And this is one of them. Nice. And the other one was organic, too, that turned into a very Breaking Bad final where we had to synthesize meth, oddly enough, okay. on paper. Uh, yeah, sure. But that was just on our final. Experimental. Anyway. Ed doesn't show up for a while, and our instructor's like, has anybody seen Ed? And the other guy's like, you know what? I saw Ed last, just the other day. (laughs) And he's like, well, where? He's like, here. But he wasn't in class. He's like, yeah, I know. He came running out of the woods. (laughs) Naked? No, he had head closed. He was dirty. He came running up out of the woods before class, asking him to borrow 20 bucks. And he ran back into the woods. <laughs> and we never saw it again. There's a slightly good chance that 
he was up to no good in those woods. Probably so. Or he may have been going through the woods to go back to one of the abandoned b- buildings where they could have been cooking meth. I don't know. It was it was wheels off. But yeah, don't do meth, kids. I had a community college class. Um, I guess it was the summer after my freshman year at college where I was just taking a class in the summer to, I don't even remember why, to like, Get well, I think it was because I was thinking about transferring schools and I was just trying gathering to get, up a credit or two. Yeah. And it, me and the lawman were both doing the same thing. We were both taking this class, but we were taking different classes. And we had to drive, you know, 30 or 40 right. miles to go to this community college to take this night class. And it was once a week. And the class I was taking was a history class. And it was beyond, you know, history more than any subject is all about the instructor. If you've got a bad instructor, it's oh. so painful. Yeah, it's awful. Especially for like a three and a half hour night class in the summer when I'm 19. Yeah. And I got no desire to be there. No, it's rough. And we would, you know, we would work all day and then meet up, drive over there to this class. I had no interest in being there. The first class, about 15 minutes into it, I've already decided, like, this is the most boring thing I've ever sat through. And they have a mid-class break of about 15 or 20 minutes. And I, after the first class, I told the lawman, I think he was taking an English class that I'm sure was equally brutal. Right. But I told him, I said, look, we're going to leave at this midpoint of this class every week. Now, you know the lawman. Yeah, that's... That is not up his that's, that's alley. Not, that's not his he's uh, gonna, way to be. He's going to dot every I right. and cross every T. And I said, look, man, I cannot do it. <laughs> I cannot sit through. I said, I'll I'll go out in the truck and sleep for the next hour and a half or do whatever. We'll bring some beer in the truck and I'll sit out there and drink beer. But I'm not going to sit through three and a half hours of this shit. Like, I think I can go to this class for the first half and pass this class. Like... This is not a hard class, but I cannot sit through this thing for three and a half hours every week. And finally, after about the, I think the second time we went, I left halfway through. And it was, I mean, it was noticeable because there were about eight people in our class. Yeah, so it's obvious. I left halfway through. I sat out in the truck drinking beer. He stayed for his whole English class and got out. Of course, he was going to have to drive back because I'd been drinking. Finally, by, by about the third class i convinced him like we're leaving midway through this thing every time and i got him to leave every time just like i was and we just drive back home well he ended up i think having to drop his class because he had failed the hell out of his first test or something because he wasn't and so then he was pissed but i was like dude you got to keep going because I don't have to fucking drive over there by myself every right. week and I'm passing my class. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm it's doing fine. And so we kept going over there. We kept leaving. I think I can't remember if he dropped it at the last minute in time to where he wouldn't get an F hmm. or what, but he never finished his class. I finished mine, but, and the, but you can imagine by about the, you know, we only had like 10 classes. It was over a summer. Yeah. By about the fourth class, he already <laughs> the professor would give me the look when it came to break time. Like this motherfucker oh, is gonna damn. leave, and I know he was just dying to fail me on those tests because we just had like a midterm and a yeah. final, and that was it. There was no other work in the class. He was man, he hated me so much. I know, but I was just like, I can't do it. 
I mean, I'll drop it, whatever, but I can't sit through three and a half hours of this. But the poor lawman, which (sighs) rightfully so, looking back, he had every reason to be pissed off at me because that ended up being a complete waste of time for him (laughs) because he spent money on it and then didn't even get to get credit for the class. You know, um, Schmoo and the general took a physics class, I think, together. No, south. Oh, okay. Even further to drive. And I just remember there being lots of tension about that. I think Schmoo had enough of the general yeah, pretty quick. I imagine. Those drives probably got longer and yeah, longer. Yeah, longer and longer. I think they ended up just eventually <laughs> taking their own taking vehicle. their own vehicles. Yeah, if I remember right, because... I think he'd gotten fed up with it, or he just didn't want to go half the time. You did not want to be in a class with the general if you were actually interested in the class. Not if he was not. If he was not. <laughs> right, which was often. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And Shmoo would have had no patience for that. Well, Shmoo was questionable patience at that point anyway. <sighs> <laughs> I can only imagine how that went down. We got any more on your side there from your... I'm surprised uh, he didn't wrangle his neck. <sighs> It might have had, I, I remember it getting pretty heated. I, I bet. He didn't, when, once Schmoo got in that range of where his patience was wearing thin. Yeah. That would not have connected well with, I mean, the he, general's hijinks. He threatened to kill me over hijinks before. <laughs> <laughs> and you're nowhere on the level of no, the general's not, not at all, no. ability to get under someone's no. skin. Oh, Schmoo. No, I think, I think we've covered it. Got them all. I well, think so. I appreciate all of our, uh, friends and you exceptional twitter uh listeners that you mean so much to us for joining in and we love you all out we love you all except maybe uh i'll just bleep that yeah you don't want to say that over there well if you'd like to tweet us again you know where to find us and you can always email us and again we're into the january's now on email i think so there's a good chance if you want us to show you just how much we love you then you know Slide in. Slide into them DMs. Did you ever do the homemade slip and slide with the hefty bags? Not hefty bags. I've done it with... Uh, tarps. Tarps, or even better, um, you can buy that, like, was it 0.4 mil plastic sheathing? Oh, yeah, like painter stuff? Yeah, but yeah. the heavy stuff, the black stuff, you know, the black one is the thickest, I think, and... Mix that in, put some baby oil with oh, it. Oh, yeah. You got a Johnson & Johnson, that right. bad boy. I remember there was some kids over at another college out front from across from uh, a friend of mine. They lived. They didn't go to that college, but they lived across from it. And they had made a really long one. Mm. And it was just a little slight lift up in this yard. Oh, yeah. And they were just catching Launch. air. And then they were drunk, of course. And, yeah, it was, oh, it was a hard Hard come down. That's good, good times. times. Right good there. times to watch. Sit on the porch and watch that. <laughs> Get all the fun without the uh, the pain. But yeah, why do you want to go slip and slide out in your front yard right now? Well, we got time. Twenty eight degrees. Yeah, we're done. We got four episodes. Let's do it. All right. I guess we'll talk to you later. Adios. Bye. I think we nailed out pretty good. Come on over here, Ron. Let me show you what I'm doing. Taking advantage of some of the time off to. Uh, Add a whole new wing on here. I'm going to rip these walls out and, uh, of course, rewire it. Yeah, you're going to make it all 220? Yeah, 220, 221, whatever it takes. Come with us to beautiful New England. 
as our VistaVision camera fills the screen with the gorgeous panorama of its scenic splendors. For this is that perfect moment in time when the magic wand of autumn touches its rolling historic hills and transforms them into a veritable wonderland of dazzling color. Here we find the Indian summer that the pilgrims gloried in. For now, even as in that long distant day, Mother Nature offers its bounty for the thankful eyes of those fortunate enough to share it. In the charming little villages, living with the heirlooms of their storied past, the azure waters of the tranquil lakes, a covered bridge spanning the lazy waters of a rippling stream, the golden boughs of a majestic maple shading the deep blue skies. And here in the peaceful woods, every little boy is the monarch of all he surveys, his trusty space gun, a deadly weapon to defend himself against the dangers of the unknown. A child at play, while all around him the countryside slumbers as quietly as as this wayfaring stranger who has paused in this lovely glade for a restful nap in the sun. But wait a moment. Something's wrong here. This man isn't sleeping. He's dead. The trouble with Harry is that he's dead. And one of these real nice people could have caused that trouble. Perhaps the sweet old sea captain, who actually wasn't a very good shot. Or the New England spinster, who would go to any lengths to defend her honor. Or the enchanting redhead, who had been Harry's unkissed bride. Or the unconventional artist, who was mad about Harry's widow. Or the bum, who needed a new pair of shoes. Or the nearsighted surgeon, who like to read poetry out loud. Yes, the unconventional Mr. Hitchcock has done it again, just as he did with Rear Window, playing a most unusual story against a new and different background. And the only trouble is, you won't stop laughing at The Trouble with Harry. And world-class championship wrestling. I'm Bill Mercer with Jay Salley. Good night from Dallas, Texas. <laughs>